Welcome to your best riding life. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, you'll receive tips and strategies from experts in the riding and publishing industry to help boost your best riding life. Let's get started. I'm so glad you're listening in today. Our topic is writing book proposals that sell. And my industry expert today is Blythe Daniel. Let me tell you a little bit about Blythe. Blythe has been in publishing for over 20 years. She's a marketer, author, literary agent, and has written for a focus on the family, Christian retailing, and others. She and her mother co-wrote Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters. She lives in Colorado with her husband and her children. We're going to take a moment right at the front end as we've really started enjoying doing we're going to journey into the inside life of our expert for just just a few moments here. Blythe, what can you share with us that most people may not know about you? Well, first of all, thank you so much, Linda, for um, giving me the opportunity to share. I'm excited about what you're doing with this podcast and, and hope that people will continue to come back here because you are bringing to light so much good information for people, for writers. And so just thank you for the opportunity and, you know, we don't get to show a lot of sides of us when we're in this profession. And so things that people might not know about me is that I love Zumba. That is my form of exercise. And if people don't know what that is, it's a, it's a combination of dance and, and really like this aerobic exercise. In fact, I love it so much that I've been going quite a bit over the last several years. And I actually tore some ligaments in my foot doing oh, Zumba. No this fall. And so uh, I am having to sit it out for a season, but I will be back. And it is just a wonderful way for me to just get exercise and dance and do what I love. So that that's something that people probably don't know about me is that I love Zumba. I even have a t-shirt that says I love Zumba on it that I wear to the grocery store. <laughs> Well, I, I love Zumba as well. One of the things that I found though, I, I like it when you can go in and you're with a group of people and you're enjoying it that way. But with everything that's been happening, it's like you have to Zumba at home, but still it's very effective. And you know, we don't want to hurt ourselves. And, and I'm sorry that that happened with you, but you're right. You're just going to be out for a season. Then you'll be right back in there. Tell me a little bit about living in the mountains of Colorado right now. That wasn't your origin. That's right. Um, I was born and raised in the South and love the beach. That's probably where I feel like I get the most relaxation and connect with God. But here I am living in the mountains of Colorado. My husband and I met out here 17 years ago and uh, we did long distance dating for a short period of time and, and got married. So um, I slip into y'all quite a bit and uh, my kids have picked up on it, even though they are out here um, with us in this other type of you know environment with definitely not a Southern culture, but yeah, we, we go back and forth and we love visiting family in the South. So um, I think I'm pretty bi-coastal at this point. Oh, I like that. Bi-coastal. All right. Well, let's head straight into our book proposal content for today. And I know for a fact that all book proposals are not created equal. Here's my first question for you. Why do some book proposals get picked up and others don't? That's such a great question, Linda, because there are even different types of book proposals, right? So there are fiction book proposals, there are nonfiction book proposals. And how do people know what am I supposed to be writing in those proposals? And how do some get picked up and, and others 
don't. Sometimes the writer who's presenting a proposal might have one proposal picked up, but not another. And so they're even just going, well, how did this one get picked up? I didn't think that one was going to work. But this one over here, I felt like that was for sure going to happen and it didn't. So let me just tell you from an agent's perspective that, as you said, not all proposals are equal. There's different forms. There's different things that we're looking for as agents in those book proposals. So probably the best way to answer that is just to be able to say, these are the things that we are looking for, that as you're listening to this, writers, that you can go, oh yeah, I maybe didn't do that in my proposal. So let me just kind of go through some of those. Um, The first thing that really helps a book proposal to gain our attention and to get picked up is that we can see that it's well-researched. You've spent time really looking at the competitive market. You've even included some stats maybe of how those books have done comparatively or the trends that are happening in the marketplace right now where your book would fit well into that. And so well-researched just shows me that you've taken the time to understand our industry, understand the topic of your book and where that fits, and even to be able to say that there have been some bestsellers on this topic, but not from the approach that I'm taking and not from someone from my background. And so well-researched would be the first category. And then the second category would be specific. The more specific that you can be in your proposal and in getting there quickly, the more likely that your proposal is going to get picked up because when you are writing a proposal, sometimes people think, oh, I should probably just write the big idea and, and in a general sense, cover what the proposal is about. When in actuality, that's actually hurting you because it's so general that I can't find the specific topic and narrowed focus that you're going to bring to this topic. It really helps to talk in specifics, specifically how you're going to lead the reader through your book. And and even for fiction, that you can be very specific about who your characters are. What is the plot? What's the subplot? All those pieces that we want to see right up front. Because here's the thing when you're writing a proposal, You're hoping that the editor or the agent is going to read all the way through, but really we want to catch it right up front because if it doesn't hold our attention up front, we're we're likely not going to read through to the end. So sometimes people will write proposals, they'll, they'll want to get that general point in first, the general setup, and then get more specific as they go. What I'm saying is that you want to flip that. You want to get all the specifics up front, and then later we can go back and kind of look at the big picture, but... If we don't see those specifics up front, it sounds like every other book that's out there. So those specific things that you're going to bring out in the book, um, how do you share your message? Do you have a teaching model or do you have, you know, four different ways to help the reader cement this in their mind? Do you have life lessons? We just need to see the specifics right up front. And then I would say the third thing that really helps your proposal to gain attention from an agent is that you're showing who you are as a, as a writer and as a speaker, as a communicator. And then you're also showing how you are sharing your message already. So for instance, um, when you talk about who you are, you talk about the things that drive you, the passions that you have. You, you want to talk about the things that you see yourself doing on a daily basis. Of course, it's helpful to give your educational background, your ministry background, and, and of course, all the things that make up your platform. But we also want to see how you are sharing your message already. If you have a podcast or if you have a blog or you write monthly for a website or, you know, you speak to groups, 
you know, we want to see that you're already sharing your message and how, and how you're growing that. One of the things that I would say, one of the mistakes that I see in proposals is where writers will say, before my book is released, I will set up these social media accounts and try to grow them, or I will set up some speaking engagements once my book is contracted. And really what that says to the, to the agent or to the editor is that I'm not already doing these things, but if I get a book contract, I will. Right. And, and why that is so hurtful to the writer is that we as agents and editors need to see that you're already engaged with an audience. You can't wait for a contract to be able to do those things. You've got to show that you've been doing that and that you have an audience that you're already in touch with. And so those are the things that come to mind when I think about what separates some proposals from others and the ones that do attract attention versus the ones that just sort of get pushed to the side a bit where we'd have to come back and ask more questions. Well, really those things should be up there front and center in your proposal. When you're asking the writer to list what you're already doing, should they just concentrate on the really big things that they're doing or give you what they may think is not as important? Do you like to see that they're being active in their community and that they're sharing their knowledge and maybe they're doing small instructions somewhere? Or do you only want to see the biggest things that they're doing? That's a great question. And I don't think I've actually ever been asked that question, but I like to see all of it. I mean, because it is helpful, as you're saying, Linda, for us to see everything that they're doing, because you never know how putting something in the proposal of, you know, I volunteer for my um, church or I am doing this in my community, that might be an outlet that we might, you know, as an agent say, hey, you know what, that would be a great outlet to try to do something on a regular basis and, and maybe they would also be someone that could help you be a champion of your message. Maybe they have some networks that they can help share your book with. And so you never know how one idea can lead to another, can lead to another. I think it is important to put in there what all you're doing, realizing that the big pieces that we tend to look at the most are your online presence, your blog, podcast, website, and the, the traction that you're gaining there as well as social media and your subscribers and speaking and those types of events. But it is helpful to show who you're connected with, who you are writing for. Maybe there's a group of writers that you're connected with. You all help each other, share each other's messages and books. Um, or there is, like you said, there, you're, you're doing some things in your community, or maybe you, know, you just have these different contacts. I will say that if you're going to list in your proposal some of those places that you have connections, it's really helpful to then also say, I have approached them about helping me advertise my book, or I plan to approach them to see if they would include my book in their monthly newsletter. So if you do in include those places in your proposal, it would be helpful to define how you see them helping you um, to get the word out about your book. So um, I do think it's helpful to include all the things that you're working on. I agree with you. When I'm working with some of my writing clients and they think, well, but that's not, a, that's not important. And I would share with them, okay, let me share this story. I was invited to go and do some training on personalities in this small little church. And they had small groups based out of their church that were meeting, but they wanted to figure out how can we raise leaders in out of our small group? Because some of our leaders currently are, they're starting to get 
you know, worn out. So I went and I did a Saturday presentation. I think I spoke two, three times during the day. And based on that, unbeknownst to me, there was a gentleman who was a vice president of a large corporation. And two weeks afterwards, I get contacted by his secretary saying, can you speak on this topic to our organization? I was like, absolutely. One thing leads to another. You never know who's in the audience. That really opened my eyes to the opportunities that may be hidden in small places. And your expertise, as you mentioned, and I smiled really big here when you said that, well, we could probably see something in those small places that maybe the writer isn't aware of. So I greatly appreciate that you would consider that a good addition to a proposal. I think that's right. And I also think that you never know by putting something in a proposal, how it will connect with an agent or an author. Let's say that you put in the proposal that you volunteer for a homeless shelter and the agent or the editor looking at your proposal says, well, they see that and they go, well, I have a client who runs a national homeless organization and I might be able to connect you with my client and work out something where there are some opportunities for you to share about your book. So you never know what including something in your proposal will spark on the other end. Um, so I, I do think it's, a, and it's, it also shows your creativity that you are able to verbalize the different things that you're involved in and how you bring those things to relate to your book and your topic. And you know, what that also does is it leads into something else that I want to mention. And that is that Proposals that have a well thought out marketing plan are also very attractive because while it's true that publishers do their own marketing of your book, traditional publishers and some independent publishers will work with you on a marketing basis. It is really helpful to see that you've already thought through how you're going to market your book, that you are planning on these things during this timeline, um, because it just shows that you've really given thought to not just writing a book, but marketing it. And so making sure that you have a two page or more marketing plan in your book proposal is really helpful to show that you've already thought through the marketing and have a plan in place. And it shows the publishers that you, you really know what you're working on and you know how to market, even if you've had to research it or ask for advice, sure. it still shows that you know that it's important to have a marketing plan. So having a marketing plan actually adds to the sellability of the book because you're kind of ahead of the game. This is, this is what I'm looking at. This is where I'm choosing to go and what I've already done. What else do you consider or what else stands out to you as a sellable idea when it comes to the proposals that, that cross your desk? You know, there are a couple of different categories for this. Um, the first is that it's gripping just that I immediately when I see their book proposal and I'll start reading it that like the idea is so compelling and gripping. And if you'll allow me, I would love to just read a couple of sentences that a client sent to me in their cover letter. Absolutely. And this is this is the kind of example that I, I love getting these because it immediately hooks me in and it's unique. So I'll talk about that on the other side. But let me just share with you what she said. And she said, Dear Blythe, I held my breath through the entire act until I thought I would burst. The flying Wallendas, the famous tightrope walkers, were in town and I had to see them in person, balancing and jumping at nauseating heights. Most people would agree you must be pretty fearless. 
maybe a bit crazy to walk a thin wire. I've never aspired to that. I would have settled for getting through my ordinary days as a wife and a mother to three kids without embarrassing, sweat-inducing fear and anxiety. I've always admired fearless people. I've just never been one. And wow. I mean, when I read that, it was just like she has the unique idea. Her book title is Walking the Tightrope. The subtitle, Letting Go and Living Fearless. And so why that worked so well is, first of all, it just really showed me that she understood the concept of how to create a unique hook. So she's using the tightrope as the hook to living fearless. And then just her writing really drew me in, just the way that she describes that scene and the way that she says, I've always admired fearless people. I've just never been one. And so that's the kind of book proposal that when I get that, I'm like, wow, she has just hit me on a several different levels, one creativity and one good writing that I'm immediately hooked into. So that would be the first category of gripping. And then the second category is that your premise and the places in your book proposal in the very beginning, because that's where we head first, is that it's tight. Your writing is tight. You aren't spending several paragraphs on what could really be said in one concise paragraph. And it really just gets specific and nails it right up front. And that is an art, my friends. It it really is. I mean, to be able to write tight. And really the goal of that is that I could repeat it back to you as a writer, I could say, oh yes, well, your proposal is this. This is what you're writing about. So it's the shorter that you can write and the most concise way and get specific about what your book is, that really helps because it shows me that you know how to write tight and you can get to the point. And then I can come back and ask you more questions if I were meeting with you in person, or I can read further to, to get that bigger picture. But but those things to me immediately stand out to me is helping me see your idea as sellable. And then as I get further into the proposal, I think really I go, I go and look at the chapter outline um, that works for fiction as well. How do I look at your story and how it's building and what does it draw me into want to read more? And I, I look at your sample writing and does it, does it cause me to want to read more or do I feel bored by it or confused? So the writing is so important. Um, it isn't just that you're trying to sell your idea and sell your marketing plan, that really the writing also has to stand out to me. It's something that I could take to a publisher and feel confident that they would be excited about. And so again, the proposal is is certainly a big part of it. Writing your chapter summaries, I, I can see how a person is addressing their topic or their story. And that's really important to be able to see that they write well in a book proposal as well as their sample chapters. So I think writing, 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 it always comes back to the writing, whatever form that takes. So with the writing and the structure of a book proposal, are there book proposal templates you recommend? Do you have them at the Blythe Daniel Agency, blythedanielagency.com? Are there samples of book proposals people can look at? How do they know which one is the one that they need to follow the guidelines on? That's a great question because there are a lot of different proposal formats out there that writers have access to. And some have asked me, which ones do you recommend? And I typically go back to the book proposal templates that are available on Michael Hyatt's website. So if you just even Google how to write a winning nonfiction book proposal or how to write a winning fiction book proposal, 
I definitely recommend his template. He was the publisher of Thomas Nelson when I worked with them. And I remember him bringing in this template to our editorial board meetings. And it really became a standard that a lot of agents and publishers have used. Of course, there are other good formats out there. I know Mary DeMuth has one. I I think that there are some good templates out there. I think that I think the main thing that you'll see in these different templates is that they answer questions in a certain format and really in a certain progression. You don't want to put all your biographical information up front. You want to get to the idea first and then bring in who you are and why you feel called to write this book. But we need to get a glimpse of the idea itself first before we start trying to understand who you are and your connection to it. I think the best place to find that good template to use would be to first of all, look at Michael Hyatt's and then also don't want to Google book proposal templates um, at the Christian Writers Market Guide, uh, their website. And so I think even if you just ask some, some colleagues which format they've used, but those are the ones that I typically recommend because they really understand the progression and the flow of what needs to be included in a book proposal. And that is what I've heard from you this entire time. You are very interested in the progression. What about writing proposals today? Who can writers trust to help them write theirs? Because everyone is saying, oh, well, I can help you. I'm a writing coach. I can help you write proposals. I can help you do this. There's almost a plethora of people coming down the pike saying, I can make this happen for you. Are there any tips that you could give to maybe the first time proposal writer that they should be aware of? I think that's a really important question because there are a number of people that will tell you, oh, well, I can write your book proposal. And number one, they've not been published as an author. And so they may be coming at it from maybe, let's say, an editorial experience, or maybe they have worked on some proposals for other clients and they'll tell you that they've done these other book proposals. But typically, I like to have people who have written and gotten their book published, written proposals and gotten it published as, as people that can help new writers because they've gone through the process and they know what publishers are looking for. And so I think it's important to trust someone who has done a book proposal for a traditional publisher and gotten published. And I think the more that that person has done that, the better that they'll be able to help you as a writer. If they've done it once, then that's that's something. If they've done it multiple times and done it for other clients who have also gotten published, that just gives you a bit more of a trust factor that they know what they're doing. I, I'm really big about helping other writers who have gotten published and helping them be able to help new writers. And so I... I do have some people that I have worked with and recommended. And um, if anyone wants to email me and ask me for that information, I can also provide that to you, Linda. But I do think that there are certain people that I would recommend over others just simply because I've, I've worked with them and I know that they know what's needed in a book proposal. And there's some coaching that comes along with that as well. And we, we have done that for some of our clients outside of representing them. So If we see that an author has something to offer and just is not quite there yet, we might give them some tips to go in and work on their proposal, or we would recommend that they work with someone that can help them really go in and restructure and get to those specific points. And so we don't expect um, 
proposals to come in perfect. I know we want them to be as close to perfect as possible. If there is an idea that we're interested in, but we're just not seeing the proposal in a form that's really the most helpful, or we're missing some information that we need to see, we will ask writers that. I just want people to understand that we we want to see it as well constructed and no typos and, and just done with excellence. But if someone doesn't have every single piece in place, we aren't going to necessarily say no to it based on that factor. So the content is really key. What email would they use to get in touch with you, Blythe? The best email to get in touch with us and ask us about book proposals is info at theblythedanielagency.com. And you could just, in the subject line, put book proposal question, something to that regard, and, and we will answer it and get back to you. We do have some guidelines on our website, theblythedanielagency.com, about how to submit proposals to us and what we're looking for in the format of those. And we give you sort of a timeline of when we expect to be able to get back to you. But if, if you have a question that's outside of that, we're happy to receive your question and, and answer you. So I hope that that's helpful for people that, again, letting go of the, the notion that it has to be absolutely perfect or we won't read it. But we do want people to kind of know the what's standard. And I think that's why I recommend Michael Hyatt's and Mary Demuth's proposals, because those have been proven to be good representation of what's needed in a proposal. And I appreciate your candidness with this, because when you're looking at proposals, this is part of the heart of the writer. And to be able to guide the writer down the right path first is empowering. Instead of them sending something in and you going, oh, yeah, no, if you had just done this. So the information that you're passing on to our listeners right now and even if you've been writing for years, even if you've sent in proposals before, there's information that you have already been given today that's going to help your proposal pop. And there's another source of information. And Blythe, I'd like us to talk about this if we could for just a moment. I know that on the BlueRidgeConference.com site, we have numerous articles and posts for writers and speakers. And you have a post that's out there that was posted in the month of August of 2020. And the title is The Rise of a Writing Platform. Now, how can this post help those that are writing proposals? Because we want to give them even more than what they're getting today on the air. I think the way that this article can be helpful for people who are writing a proposal is to realize that you hear this word platform, and sometimes we take that in a negative sense. But what I did in this article was to really talk about why it's important for a writer to have a platform. And I equated it to the way that Jesus created followings. He, he was intentional about his engagement with people. And so I have this desire to help writers understand that we want to be proud of the work that we're doing as writers. And we want as many people to know about what we're working on, but they can't unless we're willing to go to them. We can't expect them to find us and to follow us. We've got to be the ones that are initiating and engaging with people the way that Christ modeled this ability to preach the gospel, to teach, to have relationships with people. And to me, I see such a need for that, that I want to help people see platform as a positive reinforcement of engaging with people. 
And I think that in our industry, it has gotten a negative tone and something that people dread. And so I'm trying to bring that back to platform is good. Writers need to have this. And here's why. Let's not shy away from engaging with people. Let's be men and women who are intentional about connecting with other people in this social spheres that we have today and, and not look at it as, as a negative thing that we have to endure. And so that's really what that article is about. And I encourage people to check that out because as you're creating your book proposals, being able to show, like I said earlier, how you are sharing your message and how you were going out and seeking opportunities is so important towards the gospel message getting out further than we can even take it through a book. But you sharing and you being who you are out there will help take the message that God's given you further than you can do on your own. Folks, I'll tell you right now, I've, I started reading part of the post. I'm going to go back and finish reading it, but she already has a lot, uh, quite a few comments on there. So it's very engaging. I encourage you, it will be in the show notes as well. Now I want to take us to a really kind of a unique place that not every author is given the opportunity to experience in their life. As we wrap up, I'd love for you to tell our listeners about the book that you wrote with your mother, and it's called Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters. And everybody, it's available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, at harvesthousepublishers.com, and I'll make sure and have that in our show notes as well. But can you share a little bit on that experience with us, Blythe? Thank you for bringing that up because it has been such a special process to write a book with my mom. And we knew that we wanted to share our story and my mom's story about her relationship with her mom. And we wondered if there would be a market for it. And as we started putting notes together, we had a publisher approach us and said, Hey, we're looking for a book about mothers and daughters. Would you have anything in mind? And we were able to say we actually do. And so that was an example of being ready with an idea and, and knowing that God will be able to use your story and your message uh, when you give that over to him. And when you are, are persistent about putting together your thoughts and being willing to be um, seen in that regard. And so what our book mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters, we hope will help mothers and daughters have conversations that have been hard to have or if your mother or daughter is no longer in your life and you've experienced a lot of pain or shame or discomfort in that relationship and you yourself are a mom now and wondering how, to, how can I give something to my son or daughter that I didn't have, that's really where we go to in this book of how do you, how do you heal from past hurts or how do you have difficult conversations with your mother or daughter present day and what, what does that look like? What does that practically mean? And how do you even start that conversation? And how do you heal in your heart if your loved one is no longer in your life? And so it really is a book full of conversation starters and resources and um, helping women to process, how do I begin to heal? How do I take what I've experienced and, and look at that from God's perspective? So that's what that book is set aside to do. And we really enjoy being able to talk about our relationship and the things that we've had to work through as mother and daughter and what I'm learning about being a mother to my two girls and son. And so it's been a real gift to write with her and to even grow in our relationship and, right. and gosh, grow as a writer as well. 
Well, I'm smiling on this side of the microphone because um, my mother has passed. And and I think about these issues that we do have or can have in our families. And if we can experience mendedness in our relationships, that's just so powerful. And it helps legacies to continue on in such a positive vein. So folks, I encourage you, this is a great book to gift to people that are going through difficult times. And the way that it's presented, you feel the relationship all the way throughout. And it's not pointing a finger at you saying you must or you should. It's inviting you into a journey that many of us experience as mothers and daughters. And I like to, Blythe, that you inc- uh, included our relationships with our sons. And very important. So thank you for you and your mom coming together in collaboration to have this available to those of us out here that can absolutely be, or that it can absolutely benefit in, in our lives. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. Yeah, we learned a lot. And, and as an agent, it was really good for me to learn the other side of it as an mm-hmm. author. And it, I think that's been helpful for me as I talk with my own clients and other writers that I meet Um that, you know, I understand I'm not asking to do something that I wouldn't do myself. And I've put myself out there just like you are. So I just want to encourage people that um, I know it's hard to put yourself out there when you write a book proposal. And I know it's hard to have an agent look at your material. Um, I put myself out there as well to an editorial board committee and to a publisher. (laughs) And so uh, none of what we do is easy, right? Like we do it by faith and we do it because we've been called by God to put our message out there that he's given us. And so we're not doing it alone. And I just want to encourage people with that. You're not doing this alone. This is good. Well, everyone, you can find out more about Blythe at her two websites. We do have the www.theblythedanielagency.com, T-H-E-B-L-Y-T-H-E-D-A-N-I-E-L A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. It's in the show notes for you and www.OurMendedHearts.com. Thank you so much, Blythe, for being here with us today on Your Best Writing Life. Thank you so much. appreciate you. And we're going to have you back. You have more to share, and we love being able to tap into the hearts and the minds of our industry experts So I look forward to that time. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, friends, for joining us. As much as I look forward to having the guest on, I look forward to being here with you each and every week. So until next time, maybe go back and listen to a few of the episodes that you haven't had an opportunity to listen to yet. And I'll see you right here on Your Best Writing Life.